I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, all you wonderful private parters. Uh, Welcome to our Friday episode. Now, uh, before we kick things off, I wanted to say that tickets for our live show, our live Valentine's Day show, which is on the 14th of February, 7 p.m. I know you already have it in the diary. They are ready to go on sale. Here we go, people. Ready right now. All you got to do is you got to go on to our bios. Go on to my bio um, on my Instagram or France's Instagram. We'll go to our private parts Instagram. Click on the link in the bio and it will take you straight to the website where you can buy your ticket. Now, the great thing is, is that we know it's tough times for everyone. So we're doing a donation type thing so you can buy a ticket for whatever you feel like you can donate and we're raising money for a mental health charity which is going to be amazing so we're going to donate it to mental health it's going to be great fun we're going to entertain you all on the 14th of february Uh, we're going to make it fun go click on the link in our bio enjoy the live episode and we can't wait to see you there it's going to be great now on to our normal episode Come in and uh, charge my uh, your vibrator laptop. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I, I don't have a vibrator. Uh. I have a Theragun. What's that? What's a Theragun? It's like a um, what is the name of it officially? It's like a um, what is it? <laughs> You're trying to do the action. A, like, <laughs> no, no, it's called like a a <laughs> penetrate. No, not a penetrate. There you go. It's a vibrator. Say, I knew it was uh, a vibrator. Oh wait, uh, p- p- wait. There's a word for it. Yeah, yeah. Vibrator. That's that's the word for it. No, it's a pole pulverizing vibrator. <laughs> pulverizing. What no, are you it's doing. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. It's well, like this a... is great start to the podcast. They're gonna love anyway, this. It's it's a it's a something that goes into your muscles and percussion. 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 Percussion's an instrument. No, no, but it's like a percussive. Um, uh, um, tenderizer. Right. Well, we're a minute into the podcast, and this is great. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Private Parts Podcast. Welcome it's back. A me- it's a, uh, oh, a percussive tenderizer. All right, and well, um, oh. and that brings us on <laughs> to <laughs> our wonderful guests. We haven't said hello to very the pri- neat, neatly. We haven't said we hello to the neatly into. Our we haven't said podcast. hello. We haven't said hello to the private parties yet. Say hello to them, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome he- back for yeah, uh, yeah. another brilliant episode of uh, private parts podcast it's rare francis when we say it's a bad episode no but uh, you know what i think it's good because we got some people you know we got some uh, some uh, fellow writers yeah we are writers together you and i that's true yeah so it's more, good to actually... more so you than i but we are good to get writers. some uh, it's good. Well, you know, you you said it, but we, it's good to get it's good to get some uh, you know some some uh, some talented uh, screenwriters, some Hollywood screenwriters. That's what they are. That's what they are. Listen, we're very excited today, private partners, because we have on the episode. Do you know what HBO stands for? Uh, no. What does it stand for? Hollywood box office. No, it doesn't. 
No, it does. It's down for Hollywood box office. Hello, Doesn't private. It? No, hello, private parties. So today it stands I'm... for high blood pressure. <laughs> it doesn't. It does. HBO. Oh, that's uh, HBP. Sorry, <laughs> I, I missed. There's a typo. HBO home box office. Home box office. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we are very excited because today we have uh, some friends of ours on the podcast. We have the writers of the hit BBC show, the HBO show, um, Industry. Now, if you haven't seen it, you get it on BBC if you're in the UK. It's uh, HBO BBC, Max if you're in the States. HBO Max in the States, BBC iPlayer. It is uh, an amazingly written show uh, which is about people who work within the city, in banks, their lives... Uh, their relationships, their situations going on. Um, it's full of energy, adrenaline, excitement. Uh, think The Wolf of Wall Street, but a TV series. It's great. It's amazing. The two creators are Mickey Down and Conrad, Conrad Kay, Kay, who are the two writers who are on the podcast today. Really exciting. And it's also directed... Did you know this, Francis? Do you know who it's directed by? Well, the first episode was actually directed by Hollywood star Lena Dunham. Yeah, yeah. Lena Dunham. She was involved in Girls. Yeah, she, she wrote and starred in Girls, and she's directed this. It's pretty insane, right? She's, she's won several Emmy Award nominations. Yeah, she's, not, she's not gold, a guest. Two Golden Globe <laughs> Awards. It's, it's like we've got Lena. So please welcome Lena on the podcast. <laughs> not, it's not Lena. It's, it's Mickey and Conrad. So Anyway, we're very excited to have them. Super, super talented guys. And also kind of inspirational because... Went to Oxford University. They studied there. They left to go and work. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? No, no, nothing. Why are you laughing? No, you don't know. No, it's all right. No, it's 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 true. They are inspirational because because they came from nowhere, basically. No, and, well, and it's and not. This. It's not so much that. It's just more the fact they went to Oxford University. They they had this education. They they got great jobs, uh, you know, and they decided to quit it all to go and become writers. Throw it all away. To yeah, they threw gamble. Yeah, to become writers, and they wrote a couple of shows that you'll hear about. But they also they've written this show, their first stab at writing it. And industry's been a huge hit and been commissioned for a second series. Here we go. You ready for the podcast? I wasn't process? laughing at them not being. I wasn't implying they're not inspirational. They are inspirational. I know. I get you, buddy. But Don't worry. Uh, you know, I think it's it's just uh, it's just a good a good um, lesson. You know, if you don't like your job. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. If you don't like go, it. Go, maybe go do what you love. Because also, you've got to be too cool for money. And then, you know, money finds you. Is that you've got to play hard to get with... with you play fin- hard to get with money. <laughs> with your finances. Oh. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck, see you later. Fuck off. Don't care about you. Uh, all right, everybody. Listen, you private partners. As always, um, please get in touch with us via Instagram. Um, we are at Private Podcast. Or send us an email, contact at privatepartspodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you, your comments, your stories. And perhaps we'll read them out on a Wednesday. And you could be our listener of the week. Um, yeah, and you'll get you, could a, get a, you could get a mug. could get a mug. Yeah, you could get a mug. That's every single Wednesday. Do you have a mug? I don't have a mug, no, but I'm going to get a mug. I it's, don't have a mug. It's because they're limited edition, buddy. They're hard to get hold of. Also, we just got uh, 20,000 subscribers on YouTube, Jamie. We got 20,000 subscribers on YouTube? Yeah. So if you are missing out on that, uh, you know, it's just a beautiful way to enjoy the episode, watching mm-hmm. it on your screen. Yeah. So uh, head on over and, and, and uh, get, it, get, in, get involved. Go and check it out. 
Maybe we'll do some live streams. Maybe we will, buddy. Maybe we will. <clears throat> we can. I think maybe we should cut that down a bit. But. Here we go, <laughs> ladies what, and gentlemen. What do you mean cut that down a bit? What do you writers mean? of industry, creators of industry, Mickey Down and Conrad K. It's always a good thing in a podcast when you have four people on doing a Zoom call, not in the same room, because then, especially for a podcast, because it's really hard to know who's going to talk. So we... Well, also, especially if you've got similar voices, because then it's hard for the listener to distinguish between uh, who's speaking. Do we? But we do. I, I forgot it's audio, isn't it? Do we? Oh. Yeah. Do we have similar voices? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mickey, it's Mickey. It's definitely audio. This is this is just. So, why don't you say something first and then we'll see if we have similar voices. Hello, hello. Shit, we do. I have that, um, <laughs> that London day school voice, which loads of people have really, really bad. That's sort of not, not quite posh, but, but just below it. Really, really embarrassing. <laughs> so when, when, me and Mickey, when me and Mickey were doing press for the show, we were always like, when we were hearing our voices back on the radio, we were like, Christ, can't believe that's what we sound like. I, I, I had the pleasure of. Actually, it was total like not a pleasure at all. I, I somehow got myself. You know how you get yourself in like portals of like TikToks or Instagram stuff like that, right? I got myself in a in a portal of Made in Chelsea old scenes that I was in. <laughs> Holy shit! I was a complete wanker. And I, <laughs> Man, I, I, I rewatched the whole thing over the first lockdown. Did you? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I smashed through it in about, I reckon I smashed through it in about a week. What, all the seasons? <laughs> Every season. Wow. It was all on um, 4OD and I was like, God, it, like, it's the decade. Like, you can watch the decade um, take place through. through it's crazy, isn't it, when you think about it? We're big fans of the show. Like, me and Mickey actually talk about it all the time. And when people, when people were saying, oh, like, oh, what are your top 10 shows of the year? And we were like, you know, there's like Better Call Saul and there were all these like big dramas with huge budgets. And then we were like, well, actually, Ollie getting married in this season was like one of the top three moments of TV of the year. I was like, I was like four episodes behind, and Connor was like, honestly, I'm getting really quite emotional watching this season. Finale. You're going to absolutely love it. It's going to, it's like, it fits the better call sources of the It really was emotional. I want to know, like, give me some behind the scenes stuff. Were they actually getting married? Because it felt long and sort of like quite legal. <laughs> That's if if yeah, and that's definitely a wedding. If it's long and legal, then then you definitely really that's all the attributes it needs to be for a wedding. Yeah, I think they definitely, I think they definitely got married. I think that's that was it. it was the first like not on camera. Yeah, on camera. No, but like the actual wedding. Did they do another wedding? Or was that the actual? No, that's wedding? the wedding. <laughs> it did feel like it. That's the did wedding. you did you go to it? I Jamie. didn't go to it. No, I didn't go to. I didn't go to it. That was the wedding. The wedding happened on camera. Yeah. Were you not invited? Or? <laughs> I wasn't invited. I actually wasn't. I don't think. But I, also, I think it was just people who were filming. It was in the, to- in the midst of COVID. So I think it was like limited to like 15 people. Uh. So, so for all of the listeners who, who don't know, we've said this in the introduction, Mick and Conrad uh, have, have written this brand new HBO show. Um, and congrats, guys, on the second series, by the way, yeah. which is just... You know, just simply insane. But you know, Mickey, what's so amazing about it is that um, you know, I've known I've known Mickey, I've known you for a while, Mickey. Right? We've known each other for for a while. And uh, the the funniest thing was is that obviously 
I knew about you writing this TV show and things like that and and how it was going to be released and all this different stuff. And then the time that I suddenly realized that, that Mickey had become far greater than me in every single way was we had a premiere together. <laughs> we had to together. And what premiere was it again? Was, Conrad was there as well. It was once upon a time in Hollywood. That was it. That was it. Well, so, why so... were we there again, Mick? Because Lena took us, didn't she? Lena, Lena got, took us, yeah. yeah. Well, Lena Dunham obviously directed the first episode of our show. And like one day she was like, you guys want to come? And we were like, <laughs> obviously, yes. It was so funny. The first We walked in, the first person we see is Jamie. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> and it was like, there was two entrances into the premiere and Jamie was going down to the, the, the downstairs bit. And I was like, fuck, obviously he's going to go down there. And then we were taken to our seats and we were sitting next to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> really? So <laughs> realised that actually maybe finally the tables had turned. <laughs> <laughs> this was also this was also straight after so straight after i was outside and you we were i was sort of being ushered down the red carpet very quickly i mean i had interviews with people which lasted i i i kid you not they lasted about 12 seconds each interview it was uh, trying to get me on and finally i got how big was your role in the movie yeah, you really big. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. I don't even know why I was invited to the premiere. Anyway, the, the, I got to this one journalist who was talking to me and she was asking me and it was lasted more than 12 seconds. I was like, this is exciting. And she stopped interviewing me halfway through, just totally stopped and ignored me and turned away because Leo DiCaprio had just arrived. And I just had to just walk off. I just walked away. And then I walk in and Mickey's there with Conrad and, and all these people. Quentin Tarantino. And it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, Mickey, how are you doing? You know, ah. And as he was being ushered up to the really VIP bit, he was like, don't worry, see you, man. It was all this thing that I was like being left on the Titanic as I was saw my career sinking as everything was just going up. And then you went to some party afterwards, didn't you guys? You went to some party or something? Yeah, I mean, we felt really fucking out of place there really yeah man like, Jesus. like what it's one of those things you go in there and you look around and, like it's just like really really famous people everywhere and like you don't know what to do because one you're you know you're 15 years younger than most of the people there and like the people don't give a fuck about you at all and like and they they yeah they, they're being very they're very being very nice they're sort of moving out of your way <laughs> but and and uh and you know not talking to you but you know, after half an hour of being there, we were like, God, we really should probably it, it, It's in, It's <laughs> insane. Listen, you know, Conrad, so this, this, this show, right, industry has, people have gone crazy for it. In, 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 in such <laughs> a good way, though, in like such a, a good way. And, and not to blow smoke up your butts, guys, but I, th- I think, you know, that, that Mickey, maybe you told me this, but there's been, is this right? There's been 18 independent uh shows commissioned by hbo and you're the 19th or something like that is that right i think uh i'm the numbers might have been a bit i'm not sure about that but like i know they don't commission very much stuff and like it was it was kind of the will and force of our producer jane trent who got this made really i mean like you know me, me and conrad were no mark small fry writers i've done fuck all before and we wrote the less first... than fuck all yeah less, less than, than fuck all actually than... no to be fair to be fair we wrote on a show that won an international emmy called hoff the record which was a which was a structured reality tv show where david hasselhoff was the star and man that was a weird weird time was this actually we... a show yeah, yeah. on day tell me what happened what happened Conrad? what happened in it well no we i mean it was really weird we we would me and mickey look when you when your screenwriting is difficult 
in, like endeavor right on some level because you have no guarantee of work you're constantly hustling like trying to actually get something on tv the odds are astronomical so we were constantly working on other people's things while we were developing our own stuff and one of the things was this this show called off the record um and the idea was it was like david hasselhoff playing himself and it was a bit like curb your enthusiasm in, in the sense that you weren't writing dialogue but you were writing scripts around you know yeah storylines storylines exactly lines, and they yeah. would improvise around them and man, this this experience was like it was so funny. For one at one point, I think me and Mickey were like the only two writers working on it. The production company, we were working <laughs> ten hour days, man. Like, and we were like surgeons on call, so they would call us at like eleven at night and say, "Guys, these this story is just simply not working." And I well, think Hoff was read it. Hoff, Hoff's read it, and he's really anti the scene. Like, we have to check it out. <laughs> Hoff, Hoff's read it, and he's really anti I'm, I'm glad he's read it. I'm glad he's read it. Finally. Read it. But what, was, what were the scenes that he was anti? Uh, it went back and forth. You know that sort of famous thing about him eating a burger um, yeah, drunk yeah, yeah. while his yeah. daughter filmed him? We, re- we had a whole section about that. And then to his credit, actually, he allowed us to... I'm not sure I actually ended up in the show. I mean, actually, I've ever, only ever seen the episodes we rewrote, which is probably not a good admission for me. But, <laughs> and and uh, probably the worst episodes, <laughs> the first two. <laughs> Isn't really good. But, but, but what's so interesting, guys, is that... Um... You, you know, you're you're right. Like writing, like firstly, like firstly, being being like an actor, right, or, or or whatever in any show is pretty hard anyway. You know, getting getting your way up the ladder is impossible. But writing something, getting it commissioned by HBO, getting it on BBC, and then getting a second series as your first go at things as well. Like this is your this is kind of like your first go at anything. So, like Lewis Capaldi said, he said, you know. Potentially, there's only it's it's only down from here. Like there's yeah. no way that you can you can sort of go. Very much. But, so. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? But how did you guys, you know, Conrad? How did you guys start developing? Because writing stuff and you know your background, all like in terms of you had jobs and things like that. You suddenly go right, we're going to start writing these. How did it all happen? Um, I mean, me and Conrad, we met at university and we were really good friends. And like, there was no ambitions to be writers there. Really. Yeah. I mean, Type, maybe. Wait, did you want to work at a bank, or was that just a? Uh, no, and like, the thing is, like that pre- that 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 I sort of fell into working into a bank. It was like you know, I got to my third year, and everyone had done an internship, and uh, you know, and I hadn't, and people were getting jobs, and I was about to finish my finals, and I thought, fuck, I need to do something because I'm going to look like a, you know, I'm going to, no idea what I do want to do the rest of my life. So I just do probably the easiest thing, turned out not to be that easy at all, and uh, get this job in this bank. And Conrad was, I mean, I won't speak for him, but it's probably in a similar situation that, you know, there's some familial pressure. There's, you know, there's the, the pressure of the, of the, of your peers. There's also like the fact that, you know, we went to Oxford and where they, they sort of seduce you into coming into, you know, these firms come in, they, you know, they, they take you out for dinner and they, you know, they show you a good time. They give you all this merchandise. And for some reason, like they, they make it seem like getting a job at one of these places is sort of a holy grail. And, you know, before you know it, you're doing a job that you're really not suited for working very, very hard and sort of looking at your life, the future and thinking like, what the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? But yeah, I mean, yeah. I had lost the year before. It, it did push me to think, okay, what do I really want to do in my life? And I had like, I had sort of thought about writing when I was much younger and written some plays at school and stuff. And it was, you know, it was a hobby. It wasn't anything serious. But like doing something you really didn't want to do pushed me to do something I wanted to. And I, I really wanted to work with Conrad because I think Conrad's really, really quite talented. 
and he quite quite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't pay Conrad too many compliments because a whole working relationship would crumble if I gave him too many compliments. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <laughs> but, 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 that, but, that's, but that's interesting, right? Because, Coral, were you, were you similar thing? Were you in the similar situation? Because I think that is, weirdly... We, this is what I was talking today to someone about this like pressure of life, right? That we that we have this like we, we're kind of conned into this life that we have to lead, where we have to get a certain job or do a certain thing, and you have to live a certain life, and and you know we have to go go to university because that's right, and we have to do this, and we have to do that, and of course lots of people's ideas are different, but there's a certain way to some sort of success. I'm not talking about like financial success, but success towards life, and that is following this sort of structured way. And actually, when you when you when you finish university, if you do go to university, and then you sort of look in the eyes and you think, do I really want to work for these people and do these different things? You think, I just don't want to do that. But why have I, why have I thought that I've wanted to do that? Did you feel the same way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a thing. I mean, I, I definitely felt it from my parents, like uh, especially my mother, because she's a Polish immigrant, and so there was this thing. There's a kind of safety in institutions, especially if you get like educated at a private school, then you go to a very good university. The idea that you would not have something to jump into straight after that i think there's a lot of parental pressure but also like at 21 the idea of going from one institution into another felt like a bit of a safety net and i never for one minute thought that like for me for my when i was 21 and from parental sort of the way my parents thought about this stuff for me a career was always defined by sort of monetary success like those two things Mm -hmm. were inevitably linked or at least monetary stability um so it was kind of like, there's no way that you're going to, the, the there's no way you're going to make a success of yourself in an artistic career. It's difficult. It requires a lot of self-motivation, which I think parents inherently think that their children lack, even if, even if their kids work really hard. So, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. so, so yeah, the idea that like me and Mickey were going to like strike out on our own and do our own thing. I think, you know, I speak for Mickey as well, because I know I'm, I'm very close to Mickey's mom and she's, she's, she's Ghanaian. And just from, by having Ghanaian and Polish mothers, they had they gave us such a strong sort of sense of. And that's not to say they're not super happy with doing what we love now, but I think they're super happy that we're doing what we love and we found a little bit of success in it. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't were they we worried did, for a while? Could... Yes, they <laughs> yeah, were. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. I was saying this yesterday. Like my grandfather, who recently passed away, he used to ask my mum, "Like, is Mickey still dancing?" Because anything that wasn't <laughs> sort of you know finance or law was considered. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, what, what what did you also like i i totally i totally agree with you i think i think parents do put a lot of pressure on kids and uh that you know to succeed in a certain way and in a stereotypical sense and where you have to go and get this job and do that and i think that's right but then you guys and also the, the other side is you said mickey you know going to oxford university where you're kind of given this sort of privilege of sort of educate you get to go there you come out with a great degree this is your chance to succeed in life and as you said, they kind of <clears throat> come to, you know, I, I had no one coming to Leeds University and offering me any job for my theatre performance tutu. I was never <laughs> taken out for dinner or given any sort of... Surprises me. Yeah, it surprised me too. 
I thought I was going to go to like a bar and like MI5 were going to come up to me and be like, "Hey, buddy, you want to? You want to?" We need actors. We need we need interpretive dancers for this really top secret, very dangerous mission. Yeah, but but what is what is amazing and and credit to you guys is that your your young guys, you know, coming out of a place, you know, schooling in the UK, you come out of Oxford University, where people would, you know, a lot of people get their left not for right to to have this and instead of choosing the industry that you wanted to go into that you should go into that you had the opportunity to go into you go do you know what i don't want to use that i'm going to go and do something completely by ourselves and go into something incredibly risky and start writing um and as you said writing is incredibly hard it's incredibly risky you're constantly hustling there's no security net there's nothing at all um you know how do you take that leap how do you suddenly just go do you know what we're going to go and do this well how does where does that come from it's i mean that's it's it's I th- a, lo- a lot of that is down to is down to the fact that we were so ill-suited to the jobs that we started in i mean and like we both at the same bank no we were different banks but like i got there and i i i sat down and like i realized that basically i like the sort of like trappings of being a banker rather than actual work you know it was it took a few months for me to realize like god is this really what i want to do the rest of my life firstly i'm not very good at it and also like it was weird the way that my office was set up is that literally you could see where you're going to be in sort of 20 years. Oh, really? Like every, like each row was like a three year gap in terms of your career, career progression. What? You could actually see where you were going to be in 25 years. And I thought, God, I really do not want to do that. And to be honest, I, I would never have got there either. And I <laughs> did jump, but I would have been pushed inevitably. It's not like, oh, I don't want to be there. I'm just never going to get there. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be really, really hard to get there. And like, I mean, it's, but you were able to have an insight into your future, which is quite nice. Cause, and, and actually probably it helped you make a decision. Yeah, 100%. It definitely did. And I think if I hadn't had that, I mean, maybe I probably wouldn't have made the same decision, but it was it definitely expediated it. Um, Con- Conrad, were you, were you the same? You, is your story similar to that? Do you, did you sort of go into the bank? To be honest, Mickey's being very modest because the question you asked him was like how we actually got started. But he, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Mickey, Mickey actually spent a lot of his time make, on, the, on the like weekends and stuff doing what he does best, which is like corralling people together. And he made this very funny um, short film about a sort of banker who who's also thinks of himself as a bit of a hipster, which is genuinely brilliantly good. And he sold it to NBC. Um, and he was like, he actually, I remember this phone call very vividly because sat at my desk and I was calling my Dutch pension fund client managers, which I was obviously <laughs> fucking rubbish at. Like I can't, I can't put into words what, how bad I was at calling these dudes and talking to them about Apple stock. Like the worst salesperson you've ever, you could possibly imagine. They used to just fucking groan at me down the phone when I was pitching them these stocks. And, and Mickey, I remember this call. I'll never forget this call because Mickey, I remember Mickey calling me and I just, I remember like the weather and everything. So it's such, it's such a clear memory. And he was like, dude, I've sold this thing. This is, you know, and this is, this is all off his own bat and off his own steam. He was like, I've sold this thing. This is a viable career. Someone actually is interested in the sort of stuff that I do. Come and do it with me. We'll do it better. And then Mickey, I mean, I'm talking him up again and I will stop talking him up in a second. But like, he, he has this, he has this very innate ability with, to doing two things, which is like bringing everybody along with him, which is like a really key component of being successful, I think. And he has like, yeah, this unbelievable drive, which I have to be honest, I do not have as a person. I'm I'm inherently lazy. I um I don't know. I feel like I feel like I I wouldn't do anything off my own steam, and that's why like that's why a partnership is I don't know so beneficial. I don't know so if you guys key, ever. Right? Yeah, mm. so key, man. Like, and I think that yeah. we're very complementary in that way to to each other's skill set, and we just got very lucky, I think, on in some regards. 
Um, I, I think I think it's true. I think life, right, is that life. There's a lot of luck in life, but I don't. I also think that you have to, and it's that cheesy saying, you have to create your own luck. I really do. I think you have to create your own luck. And actually, I, I also think that talent sort of shines through at the end, with hard work and talent and consistency. But it's. But what what is insane is that that I, I just I wouldn't even know where to. I mean, I'm in kind of television. I wouldn't even know where to begin to get a script over to NBC. For someone to see it, that's America. For all, all that stuff to happen at such a young age, I mean, Mickey, how the hell did you even? What, what did you Google? Like, how that's do you find that. a contact and send it across? Who has given me a lot of credit? Is actually I'd made the thing, but it's actually a mutual friend of ours, mother, who put me. In touch with me. <laughs> really? There we go. Okay, <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. Embarrassing to admit. Thank you. And so that was the contact that you got through, and then you get your script over. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a contact. It was a, it was a strange contact because it was the person that I was put in contact with that actually had nothing to do with it. And I sent them an email and literally I got an email back in about eight months saying, oh, so he's watched it. Do you want to come in? And I went in and they said, have you sold this to anyone? I said, obviously not. I don't even have an agent like who would speak to me. <laughs> and they said, oh, we want to buy it. And like, it was based on, on them wanting to buy it, which got me an agent and made me think, you know, made me give, give the, Conrad that call, which, which made me think, actually, maybe this is a viable career option. Yeah, but why do you pick? Why do you pick? Why do you pick Conrad? Why? Why Conrad? How do you find a writing partner? How do you know it works? That's the tricky thing, right? How do you know that you guys are going to work well together? Just being friends isn't enough, surely, right? Well, being good friends is actually really important. And our process basically is that you know we're writing all day today. We usually sit in a room. Obviously, we're doing it over Zoom now. But we, you know, we sit there and we just try and make each other laugh a lot. Of the yeah. Time. And we, yeah, <laughs> you know, we shoot the shit and we talk like this and like for ten hours of that, we'll get maybe one hour of productivity out of it. But like really? that's how we started because obviously now we've got a little bit more pressure because you know we're doing, we're actually doing stuff and like we're being paid to do it and there's deadlines. But at the start when we were writing stuff on spec, you know, no one's no one gives a fuck what we're doing. No one yeah. knows who we are. So we're just doing we're just we're just we're, we're, you know, we're learning on the job. We're seeing how we work best together. Um, we're, we're sh- yeah shooting the shit like sort of bou- bouncing ideas off each other. And like I knew Conrad was a really good writer because I knew I read his essays when he was at university and I know he's a great prose writer. And, we were both incredibly bored at our respective jobs and we used to write <laughs> to each other about what was happening in our jobs in this sort of quite wanky, poetic way. And we just thought we were, obviously we just knew that we were, we'd work together well together. And that was, there was no, there was no, you know, there's no job, writing job on the horizon at that point, but I just knew Conrad was good. And, and that. The thing I is, just... we've spent, we've spent so much time together. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys have this with any of your like very close friends, but like, Genuinely, if you came and sat in a writer's room with me and Mickey for a day, it, it, the, the, what we speak to each other, I think, is like borderline unintelligible. Like, I think it sounds like a foreign language because yeah. we have about 12 years of in-jokes, right? And then so we, and we've done this, we do this thing where we, like, we start to repeat the in-jokes in the accent of the second in-joke. And then we'll repeat, a third, we'll, repeat, you know, we'll repeat a third line of that in-joke in the accent of a fourth. To try and sort, there's all, all these layers to the fucking jokes that, like, I genuinely think it would be like gibberish if you were to come and sit in it. And that's literally what we do for ten hours a day, trying to make each other laugh. Well, um, like, now we actually have to oversee other writers and stuff, and they're, we're running writers' rooms, and people are in the room with us. And go it's on, like, brag away, Mickey. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> now that like, we, uh... there's like, there's like the look to, to of like writers looking at each other, being like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" And then like the, 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 dude, the producer David, who who knows us really well, is like, "Just let them, just let them do." Just let them do their own. <laughs> but, that, but, that's, but, that's, but that's 
that's great though because because what happens i always think this with like shows or businesses or whatever is that at the beginning of something when you start doing it you're basically having fun right that's what everyone's doing you're just having a really fun time you're just creating stuff together mm. doing different things and then what happens is and that's why francis and i with this podcast have always kept it the same as it is we've never tried to format it as much we never tried to script it this, yeah, yes this that is... was a deliberate choice <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> that was a decision, as they call it in script writing. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it was this kind of thing where we, we have never tried to, to change it. So, so my, the fear that happens, right, so for you guys, is that you want to keep that magic there, right? That you don't change what you guys don't have. Don't change a winning team. Yeah, but you, but you don't. But, the, but then d- does that become, you know, you, you, you guys are now writing series two of industry, right? And we're going to get into the whole show and things like that. But you're writing series two of it. Is it the same as writing series one or is it different because you have deadlines? Because people are now like, well, this is popular. This is this. This is that. Does it change it, the dynamic, or does it keep it the same? Very good question, actually. Really good question. Don't worry about it. There you go. There you go, Goran. It's kind of shit that you have on this podcast. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Obviously, the stakes are slightly different. I mean, I think on some level, in, on the first season, me and Mickey didn't really know what, what to expect from the whole process and what to expect from how it would be received and stuff. It's weird. I think the show sort of landing in an okay way. Like, I feel like we're almost more prepared having experienced the first season and know what we're doing slightly more to be kind of less intimidated by it, if that makes sense. So I think, I think the logical thing, you'd be like, oh my God, you've done this first season. How are you going to repeat it? And what we, me and Mickey have done is like just dug into the actual process of, of what we learned actually from season one as writers. And I think, I mean, you know, you know, me and Mickey have talked about this a lot. I, I think we've kind of like, there's so much of screenwriting is craft. And like, I don't think we fully appreciated that in season one. I think what we've learned between season one and season two and sitting in the edit and, and putting a show out is just realizing what works, what doesn't work. And I actually think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Mick, I think we feel like we're in a kind of stronger position to kind of hopefully outdo ourselves. And obviously a million things can go wrong. Um, and often yeah. do, and the stuff that's in our head is often not what ends up on screen because that's just the nature of how you how you make TV. But I feel like, and also just from a from a from a, because you it goes back to that thing of like if you're doing it with a mate, which Mickey is, it's there is there's there's a kind of you can almost step back from all of it because you can be like and everyone kind of laugh at how ridiculous the situation is in some yeah, yeah, you yeah. know you don't you're, you're never actually fully in it because that's not what you were kind of you had a relationship that pre-existed it. So you can kind of go into this thing together, laugh at how surreal it all is, and then realize that you're kind of, you've still got a kind of North Star, which is your friendship, your working relationship. Yeah. You know, the fact that I was best yeah. man at Mickey's wedding, the fact that I'm godfather to his kid. You know, there's all that stuff outside of it, which is just not messed with from the from the business point of view. So it's, I, yeah. I, I find those things, re- I find those things really easy to separate. I don't know. Have you had any, have you had any uh, fights? <laughs> physical fights. Have, have, you, you ever- have you had any, I want to know the physical ones. <laughs> In our whole like career, I think we've uh, we've probably had about maybe three ever, and like those are those are usually not to do with writing really. I mean, we never ever disagree when it comes to the creative process or like our writing. We've got a really weirdly similar sensibility in terms of writing what we like, what we don't like. Usually, it's basically it's usually based based on based on what we don't like. We we both hate the same things. Which is actually how we, yeah. <laughs> yeah which is what? We're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does, it does the things you see on TV. I mean, not like people. <laughs> like, no. Um, yeah. And then in terms of like in, in the writing with season two as well, like the thing I was just going to add is that we obviously have more confidence because season one, 
half of the season was written while we were still trying to basically get the show made. So it came out and, you know, has been a minor success and it's sort of vindicated what we think is good. And the network, to be honest, have been like, yeah, like, here's some more, here's some more control over it and like do what you do best. And like now we're just writing a little bit weirdly less eyes on us. Um, uh, just is... now writing really arrogantly. Oh, no, but I, I guess that's... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. Oh, God, we're good. Look, no, just... weirdly, 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 the opposite has happened. The opposite has happened, which is we're yeah. holding ourselves to a much higher standard than we did on the first season. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you're, you're nervous writers now? Just nervous, <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, we're, now, we're, now we're terrified. <laughs> really insecure writers. Did you write the whole season before it got made then? No, we'd written about... I think we'd written five episodes when they greenlit it. So like, and then we had to write four episodes, uh, sorry, three episodes while it was being made. But then you're also like write, rewriting, you know, the episodes while they're being filmed. So like we were rewriting scenes the night before they were being filmed. So Is that normally though, how, how it goes that, that in, in terms of like commissioning five episodes? Or, do they not normally commission like the whole season or? They do. There's differences between the US and UK model, but like, to be fair, we wrote the first two episodes, which is what HBO commissioned. And they weren't very good. And HBO were like, what the fuck is this? And we were like, I know. <laughs> and they were like, go away and do it again. And we were like, okay. And we did that and that happened about three times. Until really? we actually that was actually okay. And we, it, took, it took us a while to figure out what the show was like and what was good about it and what was, you know, what, and also it's like, the, the development process was three years and that was basically like me and Conrad going to university for writing because, you know, there were certain things we were good at. Which yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were certain things we were really not good at and had to learn on the job. So what was the working title before you landed on industry? Or was that always the name? No, it definitely... Well, the first one was called Not an Exit, uh, which is like, I mean, it's a literary reference, but it's a, a reference to... Quite niche. Uh, <laughs> really yeah. niche. I think you should have kept it as that. That's probably a better name. Yeah, the thing about industry is that you know, you, like you can't if you search on Twitter to see what people are talking about, it just comes up with like fishing industry and stuff, and like you can't <laughs> talk about. Yeah, but it's, it's not, like entourage yeah. or succession. You know, it's one of those like Chelsea. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it was called White Elephant. Was which I don't even remember. I don't even remember what that means. <laughs> like it was some, it's some think, financial bollocks. I don't know. Yeah, we went through like finance terms that have sort of like poetic meaning on Investopedia, and we just went, oh, White Elephant. That sounds sort of vaguely uh, vague. And then we got this uh, yeah. show. It's called White Elephant. It's about a bank. It's about a bank. It's it's, it's just a, it's about a bank. It's going to be great. Listen, listen, you'll love it. We you trying to watched... do the opposite of Black Swan. Yeah, yeah. yeah listen, you, you'll love it. If you ever watched Off, <laughs> off the Record, you're going you're gonna to love this one. It's, it's... By the makers of two episodes of Off the Record. Yeah, did you watch that Dave show? That was us, yeah. It's, it's, it's... Trust, before we go to the break, we just need to have the uh, question of the week for us. All right, should we get one that's sort of... It's yeah, similar themed on. on the on the whole. Guys, uh, I can't. I'm enjoying this so much. Yeah, we, 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 I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch? Perfect. Good work, I'm going to admit they haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. What? How long was a day? How how many hours were there in a day uh, when uh, the dinosaurs walked the earth? Say that one more time. How many hours were there in a day when dinosaurs walked the earth? <clears throat> okay, Conrad, Mickey, this is your territory. It's not mine because I'm going to be way off. Not mine either. I was going to say, 
24 hours. I mean, it hasn't changed. Well, well, I mean, why, well, because it's millions of years ago. <laughs> they, things change <laughs> over time, don't they? <laughs> what, what? We got further away from the sun? Not the rotation of the planet. <laughs> oh, shit. I said further away from the sun. That's all right. <laughs> no, but the angle of the Earth changes. <laughs> Oh, does it? All right. Yeah, yeah, because obviously time is down to rotation. Yeah, the speed at which it spins is the same. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's maybe it's slowed down. I don't think it has. Or has it? I was not expecting this question, if I'm really honest. If it's, (laughs) it's. I think it's a load of bollocks. <laughs> I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Jamie, 20... I didn't know you're a scientist. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to go for. I think it's okay. I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to say five hours a day. <laughs> that is rogue. <laughs> Conrad, your turn. Let's hear it. I'm going to say. I'm going to say it hasn't changed. Yeah, it no hasn't change. changed. Mickey, uh, I'm saying twenty-four. I'm going to say. I'm going to say it's not. So that you're both saying it's not changed. I'm going to say. It's it's not a trick question. It has changed. <laughs> okay, right. okay. Okay. Like three hundred. Oh, three hundred. And like, it's either like twenty-four or it's three hundred. All right, fine. Is well, we know daylight? it's not twenty-four. We know it's not twenty-four because it hasn't daylight. changed. Okay. Hours in a day or daylight. Surely that's a, that, that 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 concept is. Is... So the dinosaurs just like were up for like three hundred hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm so tired. I just want to go to bed. This is exhausting. this is a long day. <laughs> they did get they did get to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Conrad, so you're going for so Mickey, you're going for three hundred. I've gone for five. Conrad, what have you gone for? Uh, I don't know, man. This this is this is this is this is now this is now sort of banking uh, uh, brain teaser territory, which I was not expecting. I actually have no idea. Is, is this how quick you give up? It. Is this how quick you give up? On this stuff, yeah, yeah man. I'm I'm so out of my depth. <laughs> um, no, 72. I don't know. 72 hours. 72. All right. All right, everybody. That's the end of part one. Uh, we're going to be back in just a little second with Mickey and Conrad. What was that vibrating noise, Francis? That was a, a ship. <laughs> that was a ship. All right. We're going to see you in part two in just a second. Mm-hmm.